Welcome into another episode of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by Dave Lackford. Dave, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm great. My quarantine beard continues to flourish. Same. Really looking like Saddam when they pulled him out of the uh, bunker or whatever. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we are going to talk about the NFL draft a little bit. We talked about the first round on our last episode going to talk about uh the later rounds and we're going to talk about last dance so all right dave uh takeaways over the last uh two days of the draft we saw a lot of big names go we saw some people not get drafted jake Fromm seemed to be the story he was slipping and they kind of glommed on to that what did you think about him dropping i didn't think that he was going to go as high as they were saying he was anyway where'd he go fourth round of buffalo I thought it might have been the fifth round. Fifth round? I mean, that's fine. He's going to be Tom Brady, you know? <laughs> well, we went through this argument when he was in high school. And, you know, I was running point man on Georgia at the time. And we always say, like, a first rounder should project as a – or a five-star should project as a first rounder. And I said, he's Aaron Murray. He's – who was a great college – or a fine college quarterback, whatever you want to say, good, great, uh, whatever – but he's not going to be a first-round pick. He just didn't have the arm strength for it. Uh, and sure enough, that's what happened. So, I, I mean, it was kind of frustrating to me because I take that – sort of take the L on that one. But I washed my hands of that when it happened because I said I didn't think he was a five-star. And some other people who worked here did, and I lost the uh, argument there. Who vetoed you on that? Well, that year uh, I didn't cover the Army game or Jake was. So, you know, there's three or four dudes there who had like the final evaluation. Uh, so. For people at home that don't know, <laughs> all right, so the Army game is a week, right? It's not just you're, you're right. push a guy from four star to five star based on one game. It's what people see over the entire week from the kid against top competition in, in the country. It's not like where did Jake play his bull? And Warner Robbins. Right. So, you know, while that's good competition out there, I'm sure it's not the same level of competition you're facing in those All-American weeks, right? So you right. have anything to look at. So, because, you know, people on the outside looking in will kind of be like, how can you just bump the kid from a four-star to five-star based on one week or one game? Well, it's, you know, it's kind of like the best of the best right there. Well, there was a real groundswell at the time, too, because – he had had like, he was about to break like Deshaun Watson's records and blah, blah, blah for most passing yards and touchdowns. And, you know, everybody wanted him. It, it was, you know, obviously the Georgia fans wanted him, but there was like a, a groundswell of attention that was, Dave just disappeared into his background if you're watching the video show. Oh, he's back. <laughs> uh, there was just a up there. Right. There was a groundswell of support and, and like I said, I mean, I think sometimes people get caught up in in what happens. So, so that that was a bummer. There were some other five stars didn't get drafted. You know, Shea Patterson, uh, which poor boy, right? Which who I you know who I really liked as a player, and I I still wonder, you know, what happens if he doesn't uh, have that bad injury when he was at Ole Miss. But he just never looked comfortable. I don't think he made the right choice going to Michigan. I actually. The, the thought was at the time, this will help him prepare better for the pros. Well, now the whole pros runs the offense that he was running at Ole Miss. Like, yeah. it was 
it was just a it was a bad situation and it was crazy for me seeing their whole offensive line get drafted because a lot of times when you watch them play last year looked like he was running for his life you know? he was under siege he was totally under siege <laughs> i remember we were talking about that on one of the other podcasts i was like what's up with shay you're like he don't have a second to do anything you know he's running for his life as soon as he his back foot hits the ground um another five star that wasn't taken levante taylor out of uh, Virginia, went to Florida State. Uh, just another in a long line of five stars who went undrafted. George Campbell was also a five star, went to West Virginia. Did he get drafted or he was like seventh round? No, he didn't get drafted. He started at Florida State and I was there for four years. What happened at Florida State? Was it, was, I mean. Well, I listen, mean, okay. So Jimbo's fault, but I mean, how, would all, how are there, all those kids, Jacquez Patrick doesn't get drafted. Uh, Bryant McFadden doesn't get drafted. Levante Taylor. Morris McFadden. Campbell, yeah, McFadden, whatever. Manfred Samuels also didn't get drafted this year. Stanford. He, he wasn't a five-star for us, at least. No, he, he was a high four. I remember watching him in the playoffs just absolutely get spun around like a top by Jerry Judy. And I was like, ooh, that's that's not what it's supposed to look like right there. Like, I, I okay, it's cool to get beat by Jerry Judy. No shame in getting beat by Jerry Judy. But you can't be, like, abused the way he was. He was bad. Well, so let's talk about – so Campbell and Taylor are two different cases. Campbell should have never been a five-star. That was the uh, – he got the old rubber stamp executive order from uh, Mike Farrell. Godfather. Much, much to the chagrin of me, who at the time <laughs> – we had been through a couple transitions there, and it was about a year-long period. We had, I think, three different people in Florida doing the rankings. Uh, it went from from Keenan to this guy named Adam to then, I think it got shifted to me and Farrell kind of had to tweak things on the fly. And at the end, he was just like, he's so big and so fast and blah, blah, blah. And when it comes to the draft, Yada, yada, yada. And it was like, Mike, the dude can't catch, you know? like I, I mean, it's kind of important to be able to catch the ball if you play wide receiver. Right. And it was just like – it was right around that time they had they had Artavis Scott and him on the same team. And Artavis Scott had a decent college career, but, I mean, well, he's like a sixth-round pick, you know? So we kind of got caught up with, with those guys at the time. Uh, and the Levante Taylor, you know – he was a rubber stamp from the beginning by several people. And I actually think if he would have gone somewhere else, he might have been better off. He really got caught up in the – I mean, when guys get worse, when guys start out in college and get progressively worse when they're there, then you have to wonder what's going on. And a lot of times it's the coaching staff, it's the development. And I just – with all the turnover there, I think he was just sort of put in a bad spot. Did, did he end up signing anywhere? I don't know. Didn't he ever really – I'm sure he did. Everybody everybody signed. No, nah, Shea Patterson didn't sign anywhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I, he got hurt at Florida State, though. Didn't he, like, hurt his back really bad? Like, didn't he have a spinal injury or something? I don't know. It, it was sort of weird because it was, like, a couple games into the season, I heard he was going to bow out and enter the portal. And I kind of think that would have been the way to go. I think it would have been, like – you know, oh, yeah, he signed with the Rams. So, I mean, he's good. I personally think he's good enough to play in the NFL. I think he'll end up catching on, uh, like you said, if he's healthy. But uh, he just – I mean, that whole situation went downhill. It reminds me a lot of 
uh, Butch Jones at Tennessee. You know, luckily Florida State pulled the plug after two years, and you know Butch had a, a good see a back to back like nine win seasons or something that kind of kept him afloat. But a lot of the time, after that first group of players, you know, he they messed up with player development and they messed up with recruiting. Another guy who didn't get drafted, a five star Drew Richmond, who was like a high upside guy. You're like he's big, he's athletic. Once he gets to school and puts on muscle, he's going to be great. He ended up redshirting as a freshman. They throw him out. They throw him to the wolves as a redshirt freshman, and he just didn't. He just never had confidence, and uh, he ended up finishing up at UCLA or USC, excuse me. And when you look at his grades on like Pro Football Focus, like even from when he was at Tennessee as a pass blocker. Uh, they, they weren't bad. It was just his run blocking, which is surprising because you always figured like, hey, he's big and athletic. You can always move him inside, but just didn't happen. And I, I wonder, I sort of wonder if it was like a love of the game situation for him too, you know, like after a few things go wrong and it's just like, you know, do you, what do you keep, what do you do? Do you keep pushing? Do you just call it, call it a day? I think it was tough for him and he really got abused too. Uh, he got abused on social media and everything like that. And I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was pretty surprising that, that uh, I didn't think he was going to get drafted, but he hasn't signed anywhere either. So. Who abused him on social media? I mean, the Tennessee fans just hated him. I don't know. Like they just decided that they hated him and that was that. And like, you know. Tennessee is a, is a tough crowd, man. Tennessee's a tough. Well, that, that's the thing is like, I saw a bunch of them being like, ha ha he didn't get drafted. I'm like, he went to your school for four years and graduated from there, you know? Like, what? I mean, the kid's life, the kid's dream is squashed and you're going to laugh about it on Twitter? Like, a dude who played for your own school? I don't get it. Who was the – which fan base was it when uh, – was it Tennessee's fan base when Nick Chubb had that nasty uh, knee injury on the sideline? I'm pretty sure it was – I don't remember, but uh, there were some nasty things. Well, he, it happened at Tennessee. Uh, There's – yeah, it was Tennessee fans. They were like, good, you effing N-word. Okay, okay. <laughs> My guess would be that was a small minority. We don't want to paint with a white swap. No, it wasn't the whole thing. But, I mean, it's just like, it's always – I don't know why Tennessee fans pop up on my on my filter so much, but they just do. And I, I just don't get – they're tough, man. Like, if you, I used to drive down to Atlanta coming from Kentucky – and I'd go through Tennessee, and there's no, there's nothing on the radio there. This is back before I, you know, this is when I was broke, and I just had a, you know, a, a trash truck that didn't have any kind of, uh, it had a CD changer. I didn't have the XM radio or anything like that. So, you know, I'd be tired of my six CDs by the time I hit Tennessee, so I'm flipping through the radio stations, and all you got is, like, that fire and brimstone gospel <laughs> on the radio, <laughs> which is entertaining, by the way, uh, in, in doses, and then sports talk radio. And they were rough, man. They were rough on everybody. I mean, they 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 staged a coup and got uh, Greg Schiano out of there. You know, it's just I don't know what's up with Tennessee, man. It's a weird, weird uh, fan base for sure. Passionate, you know, gotta love them, but oof, man, it's brutal if things don't go well for you there. Yeah, if you get on their bad, yeah, if you get on their bad side, you're in trouble. Yeah. The Twitter. But, it, you know, each fan base has different different groups like that. But, yeah. Sure, for sure. It's not just Tennessee. Every You know, there's Louisville fans out there that are crazy, too. You know, but. Well, you ever, like, have you ever – it happens – it's definitely happened to me and Rob before where 
you make one like random school mad you wouldn't even think of and next thing you know they're just attacking you and you're like it hasn't happened to me yet <laughs> thankfully you know because i have such a winning personality i'm not controversial at all the school that did hate me for a while was ironically louisville <laughs> louisville fans used to hate me because they'd be like what do you think about this kid that they got and i'd be like yeah, i don't know i think he was a reach and they were like you don't know you you think you know better than his staff and I was oh, like, yeah. it's not like the staff wasn't trying to get those five and four-star and three-star guys that went to Syracuse and Mississippi State. You know, it was just the guy they got was who was left in, in, on the market. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're right. Yeah, you think you know better than the staff. Is, uh, it's, not, it's not like, it's not like uh, this, I was evaluating the staff saying, yo, you know, take Trevor Lawrence. And they were like, nah, we don't like Trev. We're, we're going to take uh, this kid from Georgia who's a two-star. Yeah, well, I like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah, we want Juwan Pass instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the Louisville fan base was on me when I was. Yeah, they hated you for that. Yeah, well, who gets the last laugh on that one? Uh... Everybody, Everybody's a loser on that one, unfortunately. <laughs> Juwan's a good kid, though. I don't want to rag on him too hard he just you know unfortunately it didn't work out he should play he should play another position or something yeah he should uh offensive tackle maybe get him up to three 300 pounds <laughs> <laughs> so uh i remember one time he was supposed to come like he got invited i can't remember if we invited him to something like we used to do this thing where we bring in like like underclassmen quarterbacks to come to the five-star challenge and kind of like hang out and I can't remember if we invited him. I think we did. And uh, he needed to fill out some paperwork or something. And he just didn't do it. And I was like, hey, you going to uh, fill out that paperwork? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, why not? And he's like, because I don't want to. <laughs> All right. Pretty Take that. Take yeah. that data. Pretty, no. simple, pretty simple answer. I was like, All right. That sounds good, man. Uh, Something I tell my kids, you know what I mean? Dad, can you drive me to so-and-so? No, why? I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. So, okay, okay, Dave, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of Last Dance. Unless you, you got, you got oh, anything? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I wanna, before we do that, I thought the surprise thing, I want to talk about one more draft thing. Okay, that's fine. Take to my Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah, stupid. What a stupid pick. Okay, first question. If the Eagles don't, reach for Jalen Hurts after they just gave their quarterback 130 million over four years, right? I think it's 128 million over four years. Yeah, the dude who gets hurt every year anyway. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, they gave him, I mean, that stuff's like freak stuff. Like you saw like Jadavion Clowney lands, lands on his head on the first drive of the game and he's out. I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. Anyway, yes, they, they give an injury-prone person $128 million over four years, and in order to help him succeed, they draft his replacement in the second round instead of maybe a left tackle who could block for him uh, since he's so injury-prone or perhaps a wide receiver or someone like that. Um, if the Eagles don't reach, where does Jalen Hurts – where do you think he would have went? Is he, was he a fourth round? Was he a guy that would slide like from – so he had a lot of like he had a lot of buzz like i think i think nfl people just like how, how i talked about with george campbell and the people getting worried about the the uh the draft and like oh we got to move this guy up he's got this and this and this people have now have seen patrick mahomes 
and decided that and Lamar Jackson decided that like all of a sudden Jordan Love and and uh what's his, and Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes it's like what do you do? We do that in the industry, though, every year. I mean, Rivals has been doing it. They're like, here's some guys that are coming in as true <laughs> freshmen that compare to people in the draft. Right. Like, you do that all the time because it's just the way the mind works, you know? Well, right, but you don't foresee the changes. I mean, that's the biggest issue. So, for me, I would never – the Packers should have never taken Jordan Love. I'm sorry. Jordan Love isn't good. He's not good. He throws too many interceptions. And I know, oh, Mahomes threw a lot of interceptions, too. It's like – this dude lost his – like, he lost his coach. He was a defensive coach, and they hired an offensive coach, and he got worse. I mean, what, I don't, what are we talking – what are we talking about? Like, come on, man. Get, so that was a dumb pick. If I were Aaron Rodgers, I'd be like, I want out now. See you later. Trade me to the Patriots. Imagine that. And the Eagles will trade for him. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I want to go to New England. Uh, okay. All right, second thing. Uh, Hurts, I saw an article today that was like, oh, they're, they're going to use him sometimes at running back. And it's like, why? Exactly. It's like they, they people have running backs. They have three. <laughs> right. People see Taysom Hill and decide, okay, we can turn him into him. It's like it's like you said, it's a copycat thing. I think it was a wasted pick at that how point. Much, how much value does Taysom Hill have anyway? Like what percentage of snaps is he on the field? Right, exactly. He went down and he was still a gadget player. Right, exactly. He wouldn't play, you know, he <laughs> watching the, the best part of watching the video part of his podcast is just watching Dave come and go and vanish and get up out of his chair over and over and over again. Uh, it makes you wonder when we were doing the podcast or that video, how many times he would just get up and, and walk out of the room without us knowing. But uh, anyway, I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, you know, I'm not a big, I don't follow the NFL religiously like uh, a lot of people, but I don't get the point. Like you said, you have a franchise quarterback. Why do you draft a quarterback in the second round? And I don't have a problem taking a flyer on a guy fifth, sixth, seventh round. But, and then, and then Adam Schefter comes out and says, teams are worried about the coronavirus and they want to have two quarterbacks. And it's like, well, then go sign Cam Newton. What do you, like, <laughs> Kaepernick's out there. Right. I mean, guys who started, you know, an NFL MVP is currently unsigned, but you'd rather take Jalen Hurts. And then watching Jalen Hurts get picked and not do his stupid thing where he doesn't even celebrate. I was waiting for a video of him throwing a medicine, a 15-pound medicine ball around like he does after games to come. I mean, talk about one of my least favorite players. Go do the James Harrison, you know what I mean? Just go squat 6,000 pounds real quick. Um who was the who was the uh, guy from Duke who the Sixers drafted, uh, who ended up being a total bust? And he was like at the jersey thing. He holds his jersey up and like slammed it on the ground. Like, well, why is his name escaping me right now? When was this? Like recently or during the process? It was before. It was uh, the guy I think they drafted after. Oh, uh, Okafor. Okafor, yeah, Jalil Okafor. So uh, that's what Hurts reminded me of as a Philly guy. But I would be mad too. I'm like, yo, why did they just draft me? Even Jalen Hurts was thinking to himself, this is stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he got drafted. He's like, why are you drafting me? I just think. Oh, I you just know, think. Here's why it's so bad. If you, if you had not given up all the things that you had given up in order to get Carson Wentz in the first place and then signed him to that deal for four more years locked in, right? I get drafting the guy, 
because you're right, Wentz gets hurt all the time. So the pick per se in and of itself isn't so bad. It's the, it's the context of what they just gave Carson Wentz. So you go all in financially with this dude, you're supposed to surround him with weapons. And, and it's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. I saw a thing where Aaron Rodgers has never thrown a touchdown to like uh, a first round pick that, the, uh, that, that um, was drafted by the Packers, I think. Right. It was. And also uh, um, the one, one of the guys that was a first round pick was like a dude that was on a team for maybe a couple games. Uh, <laughs> Golden Tate is the same way though. In, in, in Philly, he, Carson Wentz ain't throwing any first-round draft picks. Right. right? And um, last year he threw for like 4,000 yards, and I think all of his receivers were under 500. <laughs> so, well, I mean, they had that that quarterback from Houston was playing wide receiver for, for – Greg Ward. <laughs> Greg Ward's good, though, man. Greg Ward's the man. I loved him at Houston. I saw him destroy Florida State down there in Atlanta at the, in the Peach Bowl. He was killing them, boys. All those five star busts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were you had your war paint on your like little ta- li- no, uh, little rub on tattoo of the racist, Yeah, exactly. I bet you had it. <laughs> I've heard your old rap songs, my, Dave. I know my man Mike Langston. My man Mike Langston was at that game. Shout <laughs> out to Mike was not having a good day. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh Let's talk about the last dance. We watched two more episodes. We had the Dennis Rodman episode, and then I don't know what the second episode was supposed to be, but uh, yeah, what'd you think? I think Dennis Rodman should have his own show. Like, forget Michael Jordan. Give me the whole a whole ten part series on Dennis Rodman. I mean, you could give me three of them just on him and Carmen Electra alone, who still looks amazing, by the way. Sheesh. <laughs> um, I, I like the uh, the Phil Jackson angle on it. I didn't know Phil was a graduate of the, you know, Tim Leary School of Chemical Enlightenment. You know, I, I didn't know that he you was. You didn't know he was like a hippie like that? No, I didn't know that he was like an acid dropper, bro. But um, I didn't know that he was like an enforcer. So a, a lot of that made sense to me. You know, like I had Phil Jackson's like throwback baseball or basketball card where he was on the Bulls with the high shorts. So when you see those old pictures, you just see an old white guy with high shorts and figure out he was a lame. You know what I mean? But Phil was actually pretty awesome. And I was – I think that's the part that I really liked the most because, you know, I, I know everything already, you know, so. <laughs> what do you think about Phil kind of weaseling in and stealing the job from Doug Collins? Um, yeah, he, he got in there with uh, my man with the triangle, and he knew that, you know, the ownership – I mean, it was a power play. I, I, he saw where the ownership was leaning. He, he saw the tides, which way they were blowing, and he jumped on it. He saw, he saw the talent, the potential there. Jerry Cross made the, the, the prudent move, and he wins the championship the next year. <laughs> I mean, he can't argue with the results. What did you think about him weaseling, as you put it? Well, he definitely weaseled, but, the, you know, the, 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 the thing that kind of struck me was that, like, you know, Jerry Krause basically told told him to kick rocks at the end, and it was Jerry that put him in to begin with. He Tex Winter was like his idol. That's the triangle guru you were talking about. Right, Tex, yeah. And how uh, come nobody's named Tex anymore? You know, like <laughs> cool they make them like they used to. Right, right exactly. But uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I knew he kind of 
and, and listening to, I listened to Bill Simmons talk about it and he worked with Doug Collins and he basically made it seem like, you know, Doug was quite cool about it in the dock, but it makes it seem like Doug wasn't too pleased with the way it all went down. No, of course not. Did you hear what the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the sports anchor said? He said, if you're getting ready for work this morning, you're not Doug Collins. I didn't catch that. Oh, it was so funny, man. Like, I was sitting there watching it with my girl, and even she started laughing, you know, because it was kind of like, a, you know, it was like, all right, we're sitting down. I got to watch this. You can watch it with me. She's like, fine. But, uh, and that's the thing. It was so well done that she enjoyed it, you know. No, there's certain things like this where you don't have to be a sports fan to enjoy no, it. Yeah. It's just about the human drama. So, speaking of which, let's talk about the bad boy pistons. Now, what's, what's weird is a lot of these topics have been covered in other documentaries. We had a Dennis Rodman documentary. We had a bad boys pistons documentary. So, um, but we got back into the old, oh, they didn't shake hands. They didn't shake hands. And, and I get, look. I get why Michael Jordan is mad or there those guys are mad, but I don't care. I wouldn't shake hands with anybody anyway. I'd spit in the face of the court. Like you're talking about you're talking about uh how do you like, not have a criminal record? That is so, an amazing feat. Good job. Good so, congratulations on being white, man. When I was a kid. We'd go through the line, you know, you'd go like, good game, good game, good game, good game. <laughs> and I'd, be, <laughs> I'd walk by and be like, F you, F you, F you. Of course you did. Yeah. And I'd skip people, like somebody who I didn't like, I'd just go right over them and just handshake. I wouldn't, I wouldn't shake, or I'd pull back and go to the next person. This is back in Oregon? Yeah. Well, I mean, this was even as an adult. I could definitely see you getting LeGarrette blunted right in the face. <laughs> There again. Right. For those who don't get the reference, like Garrett Blunt punched a dude after a game, Boise State player after a game on national television, which was amazing. <laughs> the best was the best thing that happened was so a lot of that backstory didn't get told when that happened because of the outrage. So the year before, uh, Boise State went to Oregon and beat them, but it was just in the pre-targeting era. And it was clear that they just decided to try to knock as many people out of the game as they could. So like three or four people from Oregon got like helmet to helmet and like knocked out of the game. And then during the off season, LeGarrette Blunt was like, oh, I can't wait to go play Boise State. We owe them an ass whooping, right? So, so that's what the guy said. If you watch the video of the dude, he goes, how's that for an ass whooping? And then, that, and then that's when the punch <laughs> Read his lip. Go watch it, Dave. When we get done, you see the the white guy, whatever his name was, fired out or whatever, say like ass whooping and slow. He's like ass whooping. <laughs> I've been punched like that before. That this from the side, getting punched by the side like that, you don't stand a chance. I'm man. not surprised that you've been punched like that before. I'm surprised if you said it was under like five times i <laughs> i didn't i didn't go out on my feet though but legarrette blunt wasn't it was you know blunt force trauma wasn't coming at me uh yeah. <laughs> so so anyway Super Bowl winner with the birds um but like, it, it was great it was great i was gonna say it was great watching jordan watch the clip and he clearly still hates isaiah thomas right right yeah absolutely he was mad he was triggered when it was brought up 
You know, he was instantly enraged. Like, I'm not watching that. Right? There's nothing you can say that's going to make me change my mind. And he's like, he's just saying anything he's saying now is because he had time to reflect on it. And the first thing Isaiah says, the way they cut it probably, is, well, now I look back and Mike is like, look, look, look see? Um, but he got his ass kicked by them. Like, they, they beat him down. Like, their whole thing, like they said on the dock, you know, you come in the paint, we're going to hurt you, right? Which was always my mentality playing basketball, too. Like, I would tell somebody, when we, when we be out playing at University of Delaware or we'd be out on Susquehanna cages up in North Philly, you know, I'd look, man, if you got a future in basketball, don't try to dunk on me, cuz, cuz I'm going to take your legs out and I'm trying to hurt you. You ain't going to embarrass me with all these girls watching, man. Right. I'm, low, I'm stuck to the ground. I'm rooted to the ground. I'm a 5'10 white boy. Uh-uh, you know? So that I, I love the Detroit Pistons attitude. Hated watching them play. Most boring team. There's not one fun player. Isaiah Thomas is mad boring. Joe Dumars was mad boring. Those are your two scores. You got John Sally. You basically got like nine of the same dudes just running around mugging people. Right? What about the microwave? Vinny Johnson? You didn't like Vinny Johnson was not fun. First of all, Vinny Johnson looked like uh, the bull from the, the Howard Stern show. No, no, he looked like Carl Winslow. <laughs> yeah, he just looked bad. You know, his name was the microwave because he was instant offense. I remember that. Um, who else was the other school? Mark Aguirre, boring. Like, that team was mad boring. It was like a bunch of thugged out Tim Duncans. You know, I, I couldn't deal with it, man. I hated, hated the Pistons. Everybody hated the Pistons. But, you know, they had they had a, a mob pit boss working for them <laughs> in John Daly. And, uh, you know, he was just like, yo, go out there and do your thing. John Chaney was the same way at Temple. You know, John Chaney put a dude in. They were setting illegal picks. They were playing St. Joe's. And he sent a dude in and, and broke the uh, St. Joe's power forward's leg. You know, uh, so I get the goon squad ball thing, right? That's a Detroit-Philly thing. Detroit's still like that. Like, when they won the championship back in the, the mid-aughts, they had Ben Wallace. They had Sheed. You know, they had those, those type of enforcers, you know. Um, so, so what about uh, we? Okay, so it's, it's still there. But did you hear Isaiah say? So, was this wasn't a doc? This was in. So, we've had a whole little controversy about it this week because nothing's going on. And Isaiah told Isaiah said the old Rob Cassidy argument basically, and said that if LeBron and Kevin Durant were around during Jordan's time, Jordan wouldn't be the goat you know, because he would have had to play against those guys and they would have been the best in the league. <laughs> I mean, yeah, LeBron is a beast. Like, don't get it twisted. I mean, I, LeBron is a guy who you drop in any era and he's he's the man. Sure. Right. Um, KD, I don't know. KD, his legs snap, you know what I mean? The big old matchsticks. He ain't doing nothing against Bill Lambert and, and, and Dennis Rodman and Rick Mahorn. Rick Mahorn's elbowing that dude in his eye. And then, and then Durant's going to go on his burner, on his Twitter burner, and start talking trash on <laughs> Mahorn, you know? All right. You saw for that era. LeBron is, is just a warrior, you know what I mean? You you take LeBron and put him back on the Odyssey, you know? And he'd go over there and, and take out the, the Trojans. <laughs> you know I mean? Well, especially the way LeBron plays now, like the – from basically 2012 on, and LeBron sort of like developed more of a post game and stuff, he would have been unstoppable. Right. From like nine, basically the same period. If you put him from 1990 on uh, with the game he has, because I mean, you know, he's always had, uh, 
he's always been he's always been able to sort of dominate, but he changed his game a lot, uh, learning how to post up and stuff like that. I think that would only help him. Plus, my yeah, argument, look, the whole argument is stupid. You know what I mean? You you take the best players from any era, put them in any era, they're gonna be fine. Doctor J would be just fine in this era. He'd be he'd be fine. Right, right, exactly. Bill Chamberlain would have been fine. Okay, Bill Russell maybe would have been a guy that you know who knows about Bill because I didn't watch Bill's game. I I just felt like Bill was a big back to the basket guy whose style might have been in question. I don't know if he was super athletic or not. He might have been. I know Wilt was. Hakeem Olajuwon would be fine. He'd be Greek freak. No, nah, he'd be awesome. He'd be hitting like three threes a game. Yeah, he'd he'd be this, you know. So it's just like it's a stupid argument, and you know, Rob, bad, he, is it bad him. audio? <laughs> Got him. We 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 jumped on him. He he thought it was just gonna be some old like BS. He throw in some filler, and we we're like, no, we're gonna make this a whole narrative. It's bad. It's bad audio. Why? <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I'm still liking it. I don't know. There was a stretch there in the fourth episode that I really liked. I'm trying to think of what it was. I guess it was the bad boy stuff. I mean, I like reliving that era for sure. Um, Rodman, you know, I thought the I thought the going to Vegas for 48 hours was cool uh, in terms of like he's like, he's like 96. <laughs> well, I enjoyed I enjoyed Jordan telling us like I really like the way that Jordan is just sitting there drinking some whiskey or whatever and like kick back in his chair telling stories because he he remembers it so well and what's funny is like if you've been around people that have a personality like the way jordan is i mean it's kind of like uh uh high tide raises all boats you know like he's bringing everybody with him and he's got like a standard you're expected to perform to and that's just the fact and there is no like there's no like talking back there's no you know, there's no arguing. It's kind of like he's running the ship and it's like the ultimate alpha male situation. So I, I enjoyed seeing a lot of that and I enjoyed him, him st- like the part where, where he, he feels like, just give him 48 hours, you know, and Jordan's like, he's not coming back. <laughs> we all saw that coming. And then Jordan's like, I had to go drag his ass out of bed and Carmen Electra said she was hiding under the sheets. And I mean, that was great, right? Yeah, I'm, and with the leadership thing with Jordan, it's very, it was very Marine Corps kind of Paris Island feel there. You know, when you go there, you know what it is. Um, and he was a lead from the front kind of guy, too. He wasn't just some dude that was doing his own thing. Like he was out there working harder than everybody out of practice and taking the most shots. Like he was doing everything. So he's the one bulking up in the weight room, getting everybody else to do these type of things. So um, you really got to respect it for that. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, – people didn't really know that he was that way kind of that was an appeal back the curtain type of situation and he did tell he was right with phil he says hey phil look he ain't coming back in 48 hours but here's my thing when he went to vegas you think jordan was like yeah i'll go get him you think jordan went straight up to that hotel room or he uh, was playing some roulette down there Blackjack. <laughs> it, it was it was really funny when he was making fun of scott burrell and he's like he's like if you it, he, mom and dad he's your son's an alcoholic like I mean he was obviously doing a thing I've, I've been known to do it a lot where you're talking about yourself you know and you're putting it on the other person uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so so that was really right that was really funny I really enjoyed that so uh but but you and I both know from you know the various environments you've been in 
not, not it's, it takes a rare person to, to actually be a leader like that, that you don't kind of like roll your eyes at, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he also, you also got to think about how good the players were on that team. So it was also the right type of environment. So you got Dennis Rodman talking about going to practice rebounding. He's practicing how to rebound. Who does that? Like, all right, everybody else shoot, and I will just watch the trajectory of the ball and take notes and then learn how to respond to that. So, so Rodman was a different type of player. Rodman got to go take those 48 hours because Rodman was a yeoman. No one's, no one's acting like that. No one's playing that way. No one's doing all that dirty work. You know what I mean? He's the one getting down there in the crawl space, doing all that nasty stuff. So he got, I guess he got some certain concessions and that works with Jordan because he's not an ego guy, right? Pippen, Pippen was always a, a two, right? But they brought in a bunch of good players. Like Ron Harper's nickname was Poor Man's Jordan, right? And they're talking about the, the shot over Craig Elo, remember? And Harper saying, if they'd have put me on him, he wouldn't have hit it. And I went back and watched it. Elo's defense really wasn't that bad. Like, he, he was with him. He was in front of him. He had a hand in the face. Jordan just levitated over him and fired that thing up center mass and, and drained it, right? Just a great play, great shot. But you bring Ron Harper in now, who's a good defender. Ron Harper, before he joined the Bulls, was like a 20-point-per-game average guy. Like, in, in the year before he got to the Bulls, in 93-94, he averaged 20 points a game, right? And Where was he, Cleveland? Huh? Where was he at that time? Cleveland or the Clippers? He was oh, with the, the Clippers. Clippers, that's right. So, yeah, he went to the Clippers. So, they called the, the – I think Stuart Scott uh, dubbed him Poor Man's Jordan, right? That was what they called Ron Harper. It was kind of like – so. But he goes to Chicago, and now he's a role player. He's averaging seven points a game. You know, his his, uh, his minutes are knocked way down. And he just buys into that to win championships, you know. And I think that was around the time <laughs> Jordan was out of the league, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, that was when Jordan was gone. But so, have you noticed that – He played for the championships. He was on an 88 or a 98-99. No, he won, he won a championship, and then he went to the Lakers and won some with Phil and Lake and Kobe and Chad. Did he? Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, are you he, looking at his stats? Yeah, what are you looking? He won three with the Lakers. He won the night. Uh, when did they win the three? It was 96, 97, 97, 98, and 98, 99, right? Who, the Bulls? Bulls, yes. No, you're a year, year off there. Am I? Well, Harper won, it, won with the Bulls. Like, he was on the Bulls for that run. Yeah, and then he, but then I'm saying he went to the Lakers and won some championships. Right, but my too. point was they had good players. Like, Scott right. Bell was a good player, he wasn't a bum. They, they had Tony Kukoc. You know, they, they didn't even show Tony Kukoc in the whole documentary. That's what I wanted to talk about because, okay, so they're talking about how when Pippen goes out, uh, they're like, Pippen's out and Jordan was uh, – and Rodman was dialed in yeah. because he knew he needed to be the number two. It's like, where is – have they even showed it? Like, he hasn't done an interview. They haven't shown him, have they? I mean – I don't think Tony wanted to be part of it. I mean, in 98-99, Tony averaged 18 points a game. <laughs> you know, almost 19 points a game and seven boards. So it's not like Jordan was out there. It was just him and well, – So 98-98 jam, you know. 97-98 is his last season that Jordan was there. Oh, is that what it was, 97-98? Yeah. All right. So he was averaging 13 points a game then. Yeah, but, but still. The point is, where is Kukoc? You know no, I mean? exactly. Uh, yeah, wh where has he been? I don't understand. I don't really don't understand. So, so Ron Harper won three championships with the Bulls. 
Danny went to the Lakers in 1999 and played two years there and won two more. So he's got five. Okay. Okay. That, that's a lot of rings. Hey, this is about five rings. It's like University of Miami right there. Man. <laughs> I I remember him because uh, that was a, that was when Phil would just kind of bring him with him. Uh, he would bring his guys because remember, remember Horace Grant showed up with the Lakers okay. too. <laughs> yeah. um, Horace Grant still looks good too. He still looks young, you know. He looks like a, he could be a he could play defensive end right now. Yeah, he looks like a guy. B.J. Armstrong still looks like he's twelve. He just got like a little pudge around his neck, but he still got that baby face. B.J. always looked like he was getting carded for cigarettes. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he's an agent now. He's like a pretty pretty powerful agent, I think. Okay. So anyway, so those were the kind of the takeaways. I'm just saying I've been on plenty of teams where the dude is up in the locker room screaming and yelling. I'm like, when I'm just thinking like, this dude going to shut up, you know? <laughs> like, now I'm a malcontent to begin with. You are. So, you are. You always are. But I'm just saying like, from, from the perspective of watching Jordan, it was not, it was either you're with us or it was either, you know, you're with us, you can get out of here. There was no... It was his way or the highway, and it seemed like everybody just fell in line. Because it was Jordan. He was the man. Right, exactly. So uh, I don't know what – I didn't see a preview for this week. They, they didn't bury in the previews for next week in the sports center afterwards. Yeah, so I, they, that's how they get you. They, that's the, uh, the talking dead formula where they'll say, all right, we got this <laughs> show where we talk about the thing you just watched for two hours, and we're going to show you the previews about – 40 minutes into that. No, I'm not. I'm not sure. It's, they're, we know they, talk, the, they try to do it with the cartoon guys. There was a, a comic book guys thing. Where, uh, the, the, oh, the, that horrible the, show with Kevin Smith. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, Kevin Smith was in it, and they show the previews for the next episode of The Walking Dead in that, you know. So no they, chance. Such no a, ch <laughs> Sorry, Kevin Smith. Uh, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the commentary after the, um, after the Jordan show. You know, I liked uh, I well, I like Scott Van Pelt, but I didn't record it. You know what I mean? It's like I, I, I started about 10 minutes late so I could skip some commercials. Um, so anyway, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, we'll get some more episodes this next week. Uh, Dave, anything else you want to talk about? I thought I might have saved some tweets this week. Um, I got some tweet. I got a little bit of tweet going on with Pro Football Focus. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, they're talking about Trevor Lawrence had a bad year, and you were like, "Yeah, he had a better PFF grade." So, well, <laughs> I mean, here's what the guy said: you, Seth, Seth Galina at PFF underscore Seth. Tre <laughs> Trevor Lawrence lit the college football world on fire in 2018, and then played like a rec league flag football quarterback in 2019, while Justin Fields flourished. To say Lawrence stunk is an understatement. Now his path to the number one overall pick is much less clear. I mean, Seth, bruh. He, hey, look, man. No, everybody, you got to cut through all of this, all the clutter right now, right? Because no one's doing anything. Everyone's on their on their screens, right? So you want somebody to read your article, man? You say that. You know, the greatest football player of all time who walks on water and then turns it into wine, played like a wreck ball quarterback. Man, I'm all right. What you got? So, I clicked on it. He got me. I'll tell you that much. So, so listen to this tweet from Pro Football Focus Draft on January 4th. Trevor Lawrence wild football fans by posting the best grade by a true freshman in the Pro Football fo uh, Focus era. 90.7 in 2018. 
Then he topped that in 2019 with a 91.3 grade. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Seth, first of all, you know, I don't want to get too bogged down with Seth, but I mean, we got some grammatical issues in this tweet that he wrote. Come on, Seth. Uh, you know, he definitely got ratioed here on this. Uh, he got ratioed on this tweet. I'm not hey, sure. He took his shot. He took his shot. I, I mean, it's all right. Sometimes you get ratioed, you know? Right. I mean, Happened. it just popped up on my feed and I'm like, and I'm like, bro, like, yeah, no, he definitely. You your, your thing was one shot, one kill. You know, it was one <laughs> shot from the grassy you know, Wow. Just, he had a BFF grade. <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> I, what are you doing? Right. I retweeted you don't work him. For BFF. You have this whole system. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that your, your, whole, your whole monetary system is based on <laughs> that you do, and you just killed them. You know? And people out, you will know, Dave, you can tell the people that. I'm citing PFF grades all the time in arguments with you. Yeah, you love PFF. I'm like, yo, I, I just don't know how they score these people because they don't know what the responsibilities are based on the coach's system. So that's my knock on it. I'm sure that's everybody's knock, so like no profound thing I'm saying where I, I'm trying to sound smarter than the average person. But you really don't know the assignments. So like if a player's out, you don't really know if a player's out of position or not. So I don't know how they do those grades. I don't put a lot of stock in them, nor should you apparently because <laughs> they just said. <laughs> they, don't, but, um, they don't believe their own grades. So, they don't believe their own grades. But here's the thing about that tweet, though, right? Take away, Take away all of the hyperbole in it, right? Is Justin Fields going to get drafted over Trevor Lawrence? And will uh, Jacquez Green lose his mind if that happens? <laughs> Jacquez Green was not too pleased with uh, Justin Fields' rise to the top of the recruiting rankings back when he was in high school. Oh, he didn't like him? No, he was talking about Trev was like the one who played for the for the big school with all the wins, and he was the, the prominent winner. And Justin Fields was kind of like a Johnny-come-lately going out of nowhere. And so 24-7, remember, ranked Justin Fields over Trev, and Rivals never did. Rivals was like, nah, Trev is, Trev is the second coming to Christ. So um, Jacquez Green, former Florida Gator star and Tampa Bay book. Professional hater. Professional hater. Hates yeah. 707. But anyway. Hates everything, he, really. He, he does hate it. He's like, come on, John. You're rich, bro. You're rich. You got a big old house. Anyway, um, he he just went off on 24-7 saying there's no way you rank this guy over Trev when Trev's the, the proven commodity. He's tried and true. He's the winner, state champ, you know, plays for the big school. And Justin and, and he beat Justin Fields' team head to head. You know, and then a couple of the 24-7 guys were exchanging things. But I always thought that was a good uh, argument, and we might see it play out this year, you know, especially if there's no season, right? But I think there will. It looks like things are trending right. Let's say there is a season, right, and Trev and Justin Fields have decent years, right? What separates them, the combine? Who has a better combine, Trev or Justin? Yeah, I think what's going to happen is Trevor's going to be – I think Justin's a better – pure athlete like if we're talking like 40 times and stuff like that but trev's gonna surprise me. i wouldn't be surprised if trev cracked like four or five nine running the 40 uh especially because he's got that like uh, right he's just gonna be in machine mode like i mean you yeah. know the the thing is like him losing him losing the way they did in the national championship game probably 
put him in a, a situation where, you know, uh, the, the fuel is there and he's got something to do all. Cause I mean, it's hard to win back to back like that, you know, like, I mean, we see it all the time and he, he maybe need a little bit of adversity, uh, to, uh, to keep him going in the right direction. So one thing we didn't talk about during the draft was, did, did you watch the whole thing, especially on like Saturday? No. Man, after when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, I was done. I started watching like South Park reruns. I okay. was so furious, man. So, you know, we get it happens every year where the hosts just decide people have like off field problems. Oh, <laughs> did see the one where? No, keep going. I know what you're going to talk well, about. Well, which one are you going to talk about? The guy who <laughs> he stole his girlfriend's purse twice. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, fool, steal my purse once. Shame <laughs> on you. Fool, fool me twice. You can't fool me twice. So, uh, there, but there was so much of that going on. Okay, so my thing was okay, first of all, do I care if a player smokes weed? No. Because they, you know, the, the majority of people are doing it. Okay, so if a dude gets caught smoking weed, I'm not worried about it. But Jordan Love gets drafted, and there is not a mention of it. The dude got arrested right when the season ended, okay, at Utah State. Now, I don't know, the charges got thrown out or whatever. Who cares? I don't care he got arrested for smoking weed. That's what it was, though. Then Sadiq Charles gets drafted, and they sit here, and they're like, the question is, can he stay out of trouble? This is a guy with off-field issues. And they go on and on and on. And I was like, what issues did he? So I did some, like, texting around. Okay. It just turned out he, like, failed a drug test or two, you know? Like, what? <laughs> Look, I don't care what a player does off the field. You know what I mean? All I care about is what happens on the lines, right? Dennis Rodman, perfect example, right? Dennis Rodman, crazy dude, drinking a Miller Miller Lite, jumping right on the motorcycle, right? You know, he's wilding out. But he's a beast on a basketball court. His skill set is 1% of the one percenters, right? So I don't care. As long as you're not getting locked up, it don't matter. The fact that Josh Gordon can't play football because he has a drug problem is freaking ridiculous to me. Lawrence Taylor smoked crack before games. Uh, uh, my man on the Cavs was drinking Hennessy at halftime. Like, what are we talking about, yo? Different man. I'm a defense attorney. I I, I I deal with the real criminal elements of this world, right? And some of the stuff that these people get in trouble for is ridiculous. And the fact that Josh Gordon has a substance abuse issue and can't have an outlet to go play football because they have some arcane freaking rule about you can't smoke weed when it's freaking legal you go i mean if you play for a broncos you can't smoke weed why right. i could go buy edibles from the walmart or whatever right. you know it's, it doesn't make sense okay. to me. but my point is i agree with you i saw it i saw what they did to my man t higgins who the eagles should have drafted in the first round um when they said his mom was battling drug addiction for 16 years and you know people took offense to that but T kind of was like, nah, it's cool that's on there because, you know, I'm proud of my mom for being strong. Well, he, he did like a Players Tribune article like a week before right. the draft, too. So, I mean, but... It, like, that was the thing they kept doing, though. It was like, you know what? But they were always... How many times did they say the word emotion? Like, if, if, if I had to drink a shot every time the commentators on ESPN or ABC said the word emotions, raw emotions, I would be dead. 
I would have died by the end of the second round. Cause it's like all that. I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't want to, I don't care about emotions, man. I like Jalen Hurts sitting there emotionless, emotionless. Yeah. Like, how the hell did they me? <laughs> so the Billy Dwyer tweeted at me during the draft. Uh, at Billy Dyer 21, he responded to my tweet, uh, one of my tweets complaining, and he said, flow chart of talking points. This is during the draft. Did the kid have someone die in their life? If oh, yeah. no, talk about how poor they were or single parent family. If not, attack them for smoking pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had a good... He, he made a really good point. A lot of people like that tweet. I, I ended up That's like, a great tweet. Flowchart tweets are great. Right. So I ended up, uh, I don't know if you saw, I ended up in the middle of some like Oregon fans got all mad at me because uh, Troy Dye got drafted and they, the Oregon linebacker, who who's a guy who I think really suffered because of the not being able to have a pro day because he didn't work out at the combine because he had like surgery. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think he was healthy for their pro day either. He couldn't have one of his own. But anyway, uh, the the guy on the – so he played half the season with, like, a club on his hand because he had, like, a broken hand. I think he had a torn meniscus and blah, blah, blah. And and the dude gets on there and goes, you know, the question is, with Troy Dye, are you committed to football? How much do you love football? Are you committed to the game? And it's like, it's like, where did you get that from? So I tweeted that quote. Yeah, and then it—I mean—it got 540 likes, 45 retweets, and then I had people tweeting at me, be like, "Have you ever watched Troy Die play?" And I'm oh, like, "Dude, ironic." Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I'm like, "Dude, I didn't say it. I put it in quotation marks." You know? Yeah, you're dumb. Like, dumb. and the guy's like, "Oh, you should—you should have said that then." And it's like, "Well, why should I have said that? I put—I put it in quotation marks so you can tell that I didn't say it." You know? Yeah, like. I'm sorry. From now on, I'll, fil- I'll filter my tweets so that, you know, <laughs> your, your dumb self can understand. Right. But there was another kid that uh, got taken uh, who's – they just kept on listing everybody in his family that died. They're like, his, bo- his dad died. Oh, dude, I mean – The brother the, got struck by lightning and died. I was like, what? what? That was the guy. That was your tour gross Matos, and I swear, dude. Yeah, that- yeah. That was one of the most depressed. I can't, I can't handle, you know, my younger days, I would have been like, damn, sucks to be him. But now I'm just like, the dad drowned trying to save the kid. Yeah, it was so tragic. Right. I'm like, I don't want to hear that, man. I can't. You but know, on like my the- draft day, I wouldn't want to have that brought up. My son was like eating while uh, T, they were talking about T Higgins, I think. Or, or I don't know if it was T Higgins. It was one of the draft picks. And they were saying how the kid was the first player to graduate from high school in his family, right? And, and Jace turns around and looks at me. He's like, man, I would never want anybody to say that about me. Like, I wouldn't want that information out there. Keep that on the low. <laughs> well, it- <laughs> it's like, oh. And so all these, oh, here's what it is. You got these racist white people sitting at home mad because these young black dudes are getting money. Like, oh, of course, it, of course nobody graduated. Of course his mom's on drugs. You know, it's just, I so, Dave, did, did you know that uh, that I was the f- first member of the Womack family to graduate from high school? <laughs> you don't mind putting that out there because you trash your family every day. You know? I bet you didn't know that. How's that for a step? No, I, I mean, I kind of, looking judging by your teeth, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got all my teeth. They're looking good now. You know, I, I know your, your dental history. No, my problem, my teeth have always been straight. The problem is 
you know, the insides, you know, like. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got weak teeth. Yeah. Anyway, my, the point I'm getting at is you, you saw all of the emotions. You're, you're singing the national anthem oh, God, for the draft dude. while we're all sitting in our living room. What is that the was horrible. Yeah, that was. Not all this emotion, all these salute to the first responders. It's very, very thinly veiled, you know, Okay. <laughs> I mean, it is. Like, did you not get that? I stopped. I couldn't watch it anymore. No, the beginning was rough. And I'm not liberal or anything like that. I'm getting all that. I'm, but it just, it just had these overtones that started like ringing in my ear, and I just, it, it, it kind of turned me off. Pretty well, my joy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Good, bro. Did you hear that? Yeah. What was that? That was another podcast started playing from YouTube. I don't know how that happened. Okay, real quick, we got to go. But, uh, oh, I know how it happened. I was trying to pull up these reviews. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, let's get into that. So we got some new reviews, Dave. Yeah, I, I read them. <laughs> let's go to see. We talked about them? <clears throat> no, just in general. So we've gotten three in the last month that we haven't talked about. So <laughs> do you want to start with the good ones or the bad ones? No, start, go, start in order. Go with the one that says that you and Rob aren't funny. Okay, so now he, here's what we'll start. The first one came on uh, April 15th from DB Mac, who said, fun hearing the banter. Would love to hear talk on the Ivy League, but that is a selfish request as a, I have a son going to the Ivies in 2020 for football. We got no Ivy League. That's a Bart. You have to go find talk to Barton Simmons about that one. I talked to a mom today about the Ivy League, actually, and she, she sends her kids to Catholic school. She was saying, you know, I send my I send him to Ivy like he he's got a Mac offer and she's like he'll go to a Mac school if he really wants to play but he'll play the Ivy and we can afford it and he won't have to go to grad school and if he goes to he goes to the Mac school he's probably gonna have to go to grad school but anyway so we'll, there's your Ivy League talk brother well can you afford to go to Ivy League because you can't get in if you're not a good football player in most instances so yeah they they, they, they uh. But you still end up paying at least ten grand a year, no matter. Well, they were eighteen, but the, yeah. the thing was, he has a brother who scored like a thirty-one on his ACTs, and he didn't get into Yale or Harvard. But the younger kid who plays football actually has Cornell, Penn, and Yale, so that's the best way that he gets in there. Now you still got to pay, but it's also reduced. But the thing is, you're playing. Your your student experience is that of an Ivy League athlete. So, I mean, can you imagine the workload that you're enduring there? You're not going to have a good time. I, I, I'm going to have a great time because I'm going to marry a woman who's going to be CEO of a company and we're going to be living the high life. So, all no, right. Ne out of here, man. You Next review. Five stars from 503. Love the banter. Pretty entertaining. But would you guys stop acting like you're too busy to make some more episodes? Would love to hear more from you guys. I never usually enjoy hearing Netflix recommendations, but Dave's analysis of Tiger King was pretty entertaining. That was a good, that, Dave, the legal, people like the, the, having legal stuff explained to them. So that was, uh, the people didn't really like that episode. Then well, he said, like well, a segment, like a legal segment. Well, so here, here's where we get a little off track with 503. 90 Day Fiance Talk is pretty good too. That's on our podcast. That's the Farrell. Farrell's the one who talks about 90 Day Fiance. Oh, so. really? Maybe he was, you know, he's tying them in, you know, it's, it's under the umbrella. Well, I've been on that, you know, I've been running some episodes with Farrell on that feed where I've been talking with him. So we'll give him a we'll kind of slide. Keep the episodes coming, guys. I need something to listen to at work. We've been pumping them out, haven't we? Uh, yeah, we're back, but there was a long hiatus. Like, I think 
I think we stopped, uh, there was nothing in 2020 because you got a new job. You know, we didn't know. If yeah, we I was gone for two months and I got a new job. So I think the last thing was the wrap up on signing day um, in yep. December. Yeah. Well, no, me and Gorney did one from LA. Yeah, it was like uh, 50 minutes. Right, exactly. All right. Next up, the bad review from Seven String Virtuoso. Left us on 420. So maybe he was, was, uh, going away as Sadiq Charles, you know? <laughs> he said, not very good. These three are supposed to be recruiting experts, but they cannot seem to remember a kid's name or barely recall seeing a workout from just a few years ago. Dave, you can't remember workouts from a few years ago? I can't believe that I forgot uh, about <laughs> Levante Taylor's workout at the Charlotte camp, man. Wow, I'm, I, I'm terrible. I okay. can't believe it. 24-7 would have remembered that. Okay, now I know why 24-7 sports are kicking the crap out of rivals as the go-to source for college football recruiting. Uh, How did he capitalize go and CFP? <laughs> there's a lot of mixed up capitalizations and 24-7 sports are, which, you know, is he British? Uh, because, <laughs> because these guys are bad and they sound lazy like they could be doing better things with they are time. <laughs> I mean, we could be doing better things with our time. He's got trying to do better things with my time right now. Go watch a TV show before bed. I made it through 10 minutes of a recent pod and couldn't listen anymore. Bad takes and dated information mixed with lazy, tired sounding voices. Just make this a pos poor podcast. And it's not for me. It's pos poor. Posh lights. <laughs> Yo, listen. I, I'll give him something though. Look, first of all, you don't get the show, right? You know what I mean? We we are irreverent. We I are am tired right? sounding. We've been you are tired. Rob, Rob does not want to ever do anything. Rob's right. always tired sounding. People don't realize that there's like a rival's exec pointing a rifle at Rob right off a of camera. <laughs> <laughs> but um we do we're we're slow starters. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. We are slow starters. Go back and listen to the beginning of our pods. It takes a minute for us to get going. We're better in the 100-yard dash than the, <laughs> the five or the 60. You know what I mean? That's right. Uh, once you pick up speed, is good. Uh, but thanks for listening for the 10 minutes. Thanks for the, you know, thanks for the constructive criticism. I'll, I'll drink a bunch of Joe or some, some uh, energy drink or something so I don't sound tired. Do I sound tired? I never sound tired. No, but I mean, I know the episode he's talking about because that was the one where I was really tired, and then we were, and then Rob couldn't remember. Rob kept saying he'd never seen JT Daniels, and I was like, I <laughs> promise you, you've seen JT Daniels. Yeah. And then Nick Lucero listened to the episode and sent me a picture of uh, Rob in the background of a picture of JT Daniels. <laughs> so he definitely saw it. <laughs> so, uh, I've never seen a kid. Yeah, should have made that your background for the for this podcast. Um, but Rob, we, Rob watching JT Daniels writing down notes. So the biggest, the bigger issue is, out of the last nine podcasts we've had, uh, three of them have been bad. So we need some good reviews. Uh, the last nine reviews we've got. So yeah, we got one in 2019 that said uh, worst podcast ever. Yeah, worst podcast ever from Jeff Fifty. Come on, Jeff. Uh, these guys are trying to be college football comedians, I guess. Capital or exclamation mark. They can't complete a sentence without busting out in laughter. I couldn't take them seriously, so I had to stop listening. Beware! Two exclamation marks. So I think what happens is sometimes people tune in and think this is going to be like hips talk, and it's not. So 
That's yeah. fine. It's not for everybody. We kind of bounce around. Uh, but uh, tell a friend, leave us a review. And we're now on Spotify. Just search Commitment Issues. You can follow us on there. Uh, Dave, let's wrap it up. I got some. I'm trying to watch a TV show, like I said. So, what TV show are you trying to watch? Uh, what day is today? Tuesday. You don't even know. You're just trying to get off of here. Well, I watched Bell. I watched Bell. I watched Bell Gravia last night. So, a big shout to the uh, the the dignitaries in uh, 19th century England. Boy, oh, this, okay. the intrigue <laughs> keeps increasing. So, uh, we'll be back with another episode, hopefully next week. All right, talk to you later, Dave. All right, peace. Thank you.